I bring you Billy Schneider. Billy, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me over today, Brian. Right on. Let's have a right. let's have some fun talking about guitar and music. So for you, what goes into preparation for a concert with your band or a solo performance? Well, I mean, it depends on, I guess it depends on what I'm doing. You know, any anything in particular, like if when you say, you know, preparation, if I'm with uh, going out with, uh, say, the 10 band, I'm typically going to run over any type of song that we might have that, that you know, that I should be ready for. If it's something solo by myself, then I'm, you know, practicing the lyrics to songs or, you know, it really depends. It's like kind of like a boxer getting ready for a fight. You're not planning to fight anybody and, you know, you're, you're fighting the next guy that's up. Yeah, there's a lot to forget. So I, I always need to prepare to some degree. Yeah, you're getting ready for that specific thing that you're about to do. That's kind of how I, I am. Do you have any set practicing routines? <laughs> Haven't I t- asked you for, for some help in that area? I'm really bad at that. I don't. I'm kind of, you know, it's just all over chaos the place. And, and noodling. I, it's a lot like my life. Absolute chaos in a lot of areas. That's commendable. I mean, I'm that way too. And I've recently tried to wrangle some submission around my practice routines, but, you know, it's still work in progress. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything, depending on what you're working on. For me, I know if I'm if I'm working on one area, sometimes other things are slipping out the back of my mind. So I, That's <laughs> how it is for me, too. Yeah, you have There's to... only a certain amount of space available. Right, right. It's like when, when you're trying to leave someone a voicemail and it keeps saying the message mailbox is full or whatever. <laughs> That's how I kind of feel when I'm learning. So I go, hold on, let me delete a few things. That's right. You got to, man, I have to learn a new song, but I have to forget this old one. Yeah, so sorry about that. Yeah, well, okay, I'm the same way. I think it's part of the human condition, but it, it is especially <laughs> acute for performing musicians. There's yeah. a lot to try to cram into the old noodle there. Do you practice scales and arpeggios for lead guitar? What is your approach here to this artistic endeavor? Do you learn other people's solos note for note? You know what? This is, I'm glad you asked me that because you, you know I've tried to follow you on that a little bit. I know you've got a really strict regimen when it comes to the morning time, like practicing your scales and going through all that kind of stuff. Um, no, I don't do that, and I probably should. Um, I am not really great with you know telling you exactly which scale, which pattern it is that I'm using. I know a little bit of the cage method, so if I know where the one note is or if I know what my root note is, typically I can build something off of that. But as for like practicing scales, I don't. I kind of just dive in and hope that my ear can hear, you know, the difference between a half or a whole step and I'm hitting the right things as I'm going. So no, I, I would, I, no, I really don't. Well, in your defense, it is profoundly boring. So, I mean, you sh- I usually try to make some sort of contour there instead of just playing the scale up and down, which is really, really boring. Boring, yes, yeah. but that's why you hit way less clams than I do. I mean, that's why you Well, that's debatable. <laughs> You just saw a performance from this past Saturday where, you know, we had a few too many of the wine and spirits, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know. And there were a few clams. All, all's fair in love and shred. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> I, or at least I hope so. You're awesome. Uh, well, thanks for saying so. Devin went down to Georgia. That was a great solo. Yeah, I got really lucky. Well, that one is, I, I just learned the fiddle solo. No, I, how, I, I I sort of improvised something. So around. how'd you do it then? That's a, so good question. So how did you learn that? Something that difficult? Yeah, well, I had significant help from notation. Okay. Because it was, it's difficult to translate the violin to some degree, especially mm-hmm. since there's no frets and listening note for note to super fast stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You hear this sort of glissando-y thing. You're like, what note was that? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> was it this one or... <laughs> or that one, you know, it's just not quite a whole fret away. You, you ever experienced that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, 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 I had I had the notation, and okay. that's how I did it. I usually, if it's something like that for me, 
um, I'll use the Amazing Slowdowner a lot of times. That there's an app for your phone that you can get or for your iPad where it will take a piece of music and you can slow it down so you can hear the notes a little bit better. It is an amazing tool. I use the Amazing Slowdowner to a high degree to get that Devil Went Down to Georgia solo. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it without it. I just needed to sit there. It took me about a month to learn all of that. Yeah. yeah that was a tremendous pain in the ass. Well, one piece of one piece I did of info I, I took from you and I've, I've used a lot recently is, is just sometimes sitting down and learning someone else's guitar solos. By ear, sit down and, and you know, um, don't get up and learn it. Yeah, it is awesome to learn somebody else's ideas about licks and phrases. And then you can use those ideas for your own solos. That's sort of the classic maneuver. Who have been some of your favorites throughout history? Guitar solos? Yeah. Oh, boy, that's such a good question. <clears throat> like, what, are, what are some of the ones that, that you went went ahead and learned? Like, Comfortably Numb was a great solo. I love yeah, that. nice. Anything, you know what, when I was growing up, anything from Slash. I was a big Guns yeah, N' Roses fan. Yeah, he was so fan. tasty. Yeah, so anything from him was a lot of fun to learn. I'm trying to think recently if there's anything that I've learned that was uh, a lot of fun. Brian Setzer, anything Brian Setzer? Man, those are the taste factories. Those guys, uh, yeah. right? What about the concept of using vocal melodies to inform your soloing or just like playing a melody around the melody? You know, if you're singing a melody and then you could sort of like squeeze in some licks and stuff in between that. Have you ever used that to inform your lead guitar decisions? Well, well <clears throat> it's funny you say that. Um, I, I've always said, because really when, you, when you're coming up with something, and again, I'm not that great at sitting down and improvising over chord changes that's not what i but i but i think that i'm i'm kind of i have fun with at least is writing specific guitar parts for specific songs and kind of thinking with the guitar as to how you know what does melody line in your head you can learn scales all day you know you can learn riffs all day but until you're actually speaking with your guitar and speaking in a way that i think that maybe a vocalist would or a vocal run would go um it's more it's well, number one it's more interesting um, I think uh, uh, it's going to end up sounding better, and it's more expressive that way. There's more so, of a human component to it because people sing melodies in the shower even if they're not musicians. So yeah. if you can phrase like a vocalist, people connect with it easier than some sort of, you know... <laughs> like, right, who, right. who sings that in the shower? Insane people do. Well, and also think about like... Um, you know, uh, you slash for an example that, um, what, what's it in sweet each other? Something like that. But what's cool about those kind of lines are, if I'm just walking down the street, you can hum something like Yeah, that. right. That is a lyrical melody. So so thinking about it, or what was the other one he did? The beginning of Estranged? Remember that? Oh, oh such a beautiful line. Right? So so thinking of it like that. Um, and, you know, I, I was taking jazz lessons for a while from someone that actually said, well, if you're going to bend a note, you might as well just hit the note, next note up. I don't agree with that either because I think those bends actually sound kind of cool. Yeah. Those little half steps that add some sort of character, I think. That makes it more like a singer because a singer has that ability to glide between notes in a way that the guitar with its frets is more rigid and the piano especially more rigid. Right. And when you're, see, but when you're thinking of it that way, like, well, then I'm just thinking of the next note. Don't think of sounds. 
what kind of sound do you want to make? It doesn't have to, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be from the skip, make the sound. So that's when, you know, your picking technique and your hand comes into it, I think. Yeah, so do you think that this is what's controlling your decisions about notes and timing more so than scale passages or chord progressions? <laughs> what's funny is, is now I'm, I've been in lessons again for a little while here and I'm trying to figure that out in my brain. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out what it is that, <laughs> that I am doing and kind yeah. of where I want to go with it. So it's, yeah, to have it, a thought process is yeah, valuable. A th- a thought pro- but you know what, though? To have a thought process and then not use it, if that makes sense. Have a thought process and then also, um, I don't know. Like here, music theory is great and, and, and having your process is great. But I, I think that um, you have to use that stuff to already bring out what you're hearing in your head. And that's the key. You know, what are you hearing in your head? If you're not hearing anything in your head and you're thinking of things very technically, like, well, this is the part where I'll speed up. This is the part where I'll go slower. I, I don't know about that. I, you know, I what agree. Are you I, what are no, you hearing? I agree. I, I just fail at that. I, I seem to rely more on the mechanics and on shapes and chord progressions more so than being able to lean into some sort of lyrical phrase that, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've heard that maybe you should try to sing along while you're playing, and that helps. Think of how Dave but, Gilmore does that yeah. when he plays. You ever see him do that? Like, I, I have. And he sings what he's playing. Yeah, that controls your playing because then you you can't play this. You can't play that lick while right, singing right, along to it. Right, but if, it, if you're in your head, you're going. Doom, da, 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 yeah. That's you know right. what I mean. It so is, then all of a sudden you're lyrical by design. Yeah, da, yeah, da, 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 da. Uh, you know. Yeah, tasty. I, I love those those subtle bends. It just it had so much taste and style to the sound. Something. So much more interesting than you know, like I just made some. I don't know. Fast. I think that's pretty interesting too. Though. I love sometimes. I love watching shredder stuff. Yeah, I, I just I'm not a good. I can't do it. Neither can I really. I mean, so I have moments where it's like I'm shredding too, but it's not <laughs> like I'm like he's. You know, we don't talk about Barry when he's shredding. <laughs> it's like well, the key is you want to hit all the notes. Yeah, and, like, uh, that's why I started fret one and I stop it. You know, whenever they kick me out of the bar. And how about doing it cleanly? Can you or, you know making it clean? That's that's also hard. Yeah, well, I, I always practice with a clean sound. Yeah. And then whenever I have the opportunity to kick the overdrive on, it sort of it erases all the sins mm-hmm. or some of them. Some of them. <laughs> and if there's only something, then just kick the wah pedal on. Yeah, right. Then it's ones. like going to confession. I listened to one of your podcasts recently, though, and you, you guys were talking about wah pedal use. And oh, yeah. People talk down on it. But I'll tell you what, it, it depends. And I, because I do disagree. There there are people that kick it on and just rock it as they're wanking, ter- you know. Right. I get it. But it can be used for attitude, too. I agree. I think there is the... Jimi Hendrix approach and then there's the Kirk Hammett approach and you don't just have to rock it I mean you can kick it on and off as you're using it for like a certain that you want to hit too so I don't know and uh, I have to ask Kirk Hammett's forgiveness even he is tasty with it here and there but he does he relies on it a little bit too much and so that's what we were talking about yeah that you can sort of not really know what's happening with the song and just put that wah-wah pedal on and hope for the best well, even him, back in the day, he used to write his guitar solos, remember? He yeah. would sit down and write a solo for a song, and now his new solos are all just wanking when in the studio, and so they're different now. Yeah, they're pieced together. I think that he's always been pieced together in the studio, but it seemed to me that he had better compositions in the 80s. Like Fade to Black? Yeah. Great solo. Yeah, and a lot of stuff on Injustice for All. Yeah. Super well thought out, the one solo. 
Yeah. I operate like that. I need to write solos, especially to hard changes, like some of the jazz stuff I've, I've been trying to play. I can improvise to it to some degree, but then I start to sound really mechanical. It just sounds mm -hmm. like I'm just playing arpeggios. Well, it's funny. I, I actually said, because uh, I'm trying to learn some jazz myself, and now when I'm going over it, as I try to solo through the chords, I'm literally just playing arpeggios, and I'm starting on the root, I'm going through the notes, and I'm seeing, first I'm finding the triad, and then I'm building from, <laughs> literally. <laughs> That Dude, sounds like, like my first jazz EP right there. That was new, what it was. Yeah, my first jazz EP. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm guilty as charged, man. Yeah. Well, then you're going to run into the guys who go, that's not real jazz, man. Well, I you don't, don't care. You don't know jazz, man. Well, they're probably right. <laughs> you don't know jazz, yeah, man. They, I, uh, I, I don't have any defense to that. I'm like, I, I'm sorry, guys. Doing my best. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can do. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can right. do, man. Well, you can, well, for example, you could take that stupid little arpeggio and like lean in and out of each note. Right? So I just right. essentially, that Close was the same, same thing it. in my mind, but I'm just like, oh, no, I'm playing to behind it and back to it. Right. And, and you sort of get to like automatic jazz. That's like the automatic jazz button on your hi-fi. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll start doing stuff where I'll actually try to like, I'll, I'll find the arpeggio I want it. I'll... I'll... And I'll like I'll go I'll start taking it all the way up as I go. Yeah, you can just keep crawling and crawling and crawling. Yeah, exactly. And then go right back to you know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. Yeah, there we go. Pretty fly, Brian. Nice work. I did it. <laughs> I played a bunch of arpeggios in a row. <laughs> Arpeggiate and mofo you. Well, it is my Achilles heel. Is I have to know what the harmony's doing. Like, I need to know the chord progression for the most part. I mean, I can lean into playing the pentatonic scale like everybody on earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even non-guitar players, they can do that. Yeah, and, you know, uh, and honestly, like, if you take someone who does that... <clears throat> All the time, like someone like a Joe Bonamassa, he's he's a he's a pentatonic guy to a lot of you yeah. know a lot of times. But if you're using all your shapes and you're cruising around the fretboard, if you're not playing, see what I always say is playing the fretboard across. Not as interesting as playing the fretboard long ways up and down. Yeah. So when you can way to think of it. when you can actually connect all your positions and fly up and do a cool pentatonic run, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you really can't defeat. The utility is just so useful, and it just sounds great. Well, really, I mean, if you think about the pentatonics and the notes that are in it, I mean, most things are based around a pentatonic anyway. It's just it's you're picking your your passing tones and what you're going to lead in with and how you're going to end it. You know what I mean? You need to know those notes anyway. So, a good place for people to start. I've also heard that it is the scale that is most cross cultural. So every society hmm. on on Earth has some affinity for the pentatonic scale. Yeah. It's just really natural sounding. I mean, you just remove those half steps and it sounds good, right? It's because the difference is it just doesn't have the fourth scale degree or the seventh scale degree. So when you're playing the major scale, those are like the hardest hardest notes to, to shepherd because you might land on one and it might not sound precisely right. So the pentatonic scale is like, check this out, guys. <laughs> Hear me out. What if we just took those ones out entirely. <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah, yeah sweet. Perfect. There's yeah. way less chance I'm going to hit a bad <laughs> yeah. one. So just... Yeah. Perfect. I'm let's play songs it. around it now. All right. Let's, 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 do, uh, let's do a little pentatonic jam. How about, okay. how about okay. G minor? Sound good? Fine. Let's yeah, do it. About, what, yeah. what chord do you know? I'm going to play G minor, and then I'll go to the C minor, and then I'll go back to G minor. Only, and you can only use pentatonics? Yeah. That'll be... That'll, 
that'll be our our, uh, our little uh, thought experiment. Let's do. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. G minor. Sure. To C minor. Uh huh. You're not staying in the same. Well, you can just chase that C minor by playing C minor pentatonics, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I guess right, you could. Well, it's possible, right? Okay. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do it. You want to go back between and forth between the G yeah, minor and C minor? I'll play G minor, C minor for one little rotation, and then you play G minor, C minor rotation, and, <laughs> okay. and, and we'll All play right. the dumbest song uh, known to man. Two, All right. three, four. <laughs> When someone puts you on the spot and tells you to play something that's in a pentatonic, you end up sounding like pentatonic. Yeah, it's like and hey, part it's... of taking lessons and is getting away from that. So how do you do that? Yeah. How do you get away? How do you get away from that? From that normal, you know. I I, try, I don't fight. Sound. I don't fight it. I, I'm I'm sort of at peace with it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm I don't know. I agree that maybe there should be some effort to not sound so explicit or direct, but. Finding you know. where you always go to. Do you always start in the middle? Do you always start at the top? Do you start I, at the yeah, bottom and work your way up? How do you, you know what I mean? Right. So find that, find that, and then get the hell away from it. Okay, <laughs> well, we, we could try it one more time and, and, and take a different approach altogether. What if, we, what if we tried to, instead of just wanking in the box, what if we tried to think of it like a, like a singer? So let's, let's pretend that our guitars are... I think a good here. way. I think a good way to learn that. I think, and and sometimes in lessons they'll make people. At least when I took some jazz lessons, a good way to get away from what you're doing is is to only be allowed to use four notes or so. Okay, there and we go. How That's do you do that? So right. So then you pick. So you pick whatever arpeggio it is, and you're only allowed to solo with those four notes. All right, sweet. So let's let's do it one more time. Okay. Ready? So what notes are we allowed to use? Well, just pick four and stick with them. <laughs> well, I mean, probably uh, G, <laughs> right? B flat, right? Um, D. Yeah. How about we're only allowed to, yeah, we're allowed to use. Yep. Okay. And, and then maybe you're allowed to use the passing between. Okay. Sounds good. And then, and that's it. So let's see what you, you go first. All right. One, two, three, four. I cheated though. I used an extra note on the one. I made. That's right. That's why you got to leave now. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool but, idea, man. But, that, yeah, but so pick something. So limit yourself, and then how the hell do you make that interesting? Yeah, it's a challenge, but it probably will end up sounding better and, and more interesting and more listenable. Well, ask you. Then you ask, what tools do I use? 
do I do I pinch this here? Do I like do I kind of you know d- d- mute it a bit? Like do tools I... of articulation, right? Yeah. Palm mutes, you know, pick screams. So, sometimes things like uh, bends. Like if, if, if you're in the G minor, just going like. Yeah. Holding. Sometimes I swear to God, when you're doing a solo and you feel like you've held a note too long, if you hold it a little bit yeah, longer, right. it's, it's almost, even cooler. It's, yeah, it's, it's almost rude for a minute. Yeah, it's but like, then oh, it's like, oh, he's just going for he's it. He's really going for it there. Like, that's he's got, freaking... you know what people say at that point? They'll say, like, he's got a lot of soul. <laughs> right? It's yeah, sort of like some a people response. will. So, you know what? Some people will, and some people will still hate everything you do. I'm finding that that is the default position for humanity. It doesn't matter how much time and effort and how hard you work. People are like, oh, did you see the way that, that guy played or whatever? Yeah. There's always some sort of thing to it, be uh, picked it's apart. It's cool if you like that. But, you know, it's not what I'm into. Then you're that kind of person. <laughs> it's cool if you like that kind oh, of thing. Yeah. I see you know went for that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have any patience for the elitist guitar players. Well, I would just say at least I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah. Man, I am so guilty of going for it. Sometimes I'm going for it and often to my detriment. Yeah. But, I mean, what am I doing here on earth? I mean, I might as well go for it, right? Right. So I'm, I was having a good time this past weekend going for it, going for it when I maybe should not have been, but whatever. You know, the bar still paid me in the end of the night. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine yeah. that had I... I mean, there is an upper limit. You pick and choose where you're going for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. If exactly. you're headlining a major freaking national club and it's a yes, and on it's TV. a no, yeah, right. Like you can go for a little. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like if you're just downtown on a regular Friday night gig and just can go for yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. You know All what our mean? pals were there. It was just like yeah, go I'm having a good time go going for it. for it, guys. Going for it. Uh, speaking of, I wanted to talk about a phenomenon that's going around the the cover band industry and, and the solo <clears throat> players and that of course is the technology of loop sampling and how it's oh. sort of permeated all that a lot of our colleagues do and i certainly do a lot of loop sampling yeah do you think that this is a tired fad or do you think it, it has worn out its welcome do, I, have I, you seen people misbehave with loop samplers i mean what, just, what is I, your opinion here my opinion is i'm i'm sick of people trying to Name everything. Like, what do you think of this? Hey, if you're doing something and making a sound, it's cool. Because, you know, here's what I'll say. I started doing looping, and, I, and a guy I know, I remember, um, made a couple comments about it. Something like, what was it he said? Uh, oh, I am not really into having a gimmick. Okay. Okay, well, it's not really a gimmick. When you're yeah. a solo performer by yourself, anytime you can some add space. something to the air, yep. if you can add a dynamic, and that's part of playing. You know, you can be dynamic in your strumming. But if you can add a dynamic with a loop and take it in and out, that also adds to it. So if whatever you're doing to add to it, I, I think that's good. And if people are paying attention to you and you're getting paid to do it, I have no problem with it all whatsoever. Yeah, um, I agree. But I think one thing you can do if you want to start doing it live, I think, is to think of a song in its totality and try to get your looping part down as small as possible so yeah. that it's not 14 minutes of... <laughs> until you're setting it up and then it's like well hold on i got yeah. i got all 12 bars down now let me now put the chords in the setup then, the setup can't take longer than the song no because you know what it's just like any song right they say how many minutes how many seconds do you have until people lose interest like two i'm already getting i'm getting tired of it so yeah. you, you have to be good at that as well i agree and i recently been adopting a, a couple of new loop sample techniques and one is the bounce down where you set up a quick beat in one loop sampler mm-hmm. and then a loop sampler that's 
downstream signal chain wise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's where you begin to loop the chords but while you're looping the chords you're also singing the first verse brian's 11 herbs and spices coming out here on the podcast yeah he told everybody how to do it yeah hey <laughs> well go ahead and try it. it it's hard it is i know i know i know because then you then you have to then the magic move happens is at the end of the the downstream loop sampler whenever you're ready to loop that around you press the button you got to back off and click off the first loop sampler yeah and if you can be sort of fast about it you might get a little hiccup but it's usually not song destroying it has a dynamic it's interesting to yeah. watch it's fun to do and it, it also makes our job more fun for us because frankly you know when you're just sitting up there strumming and which is great and singing it adds a little bit of something if you have a little beat going in a, in a back you know, a backing track of guitar oh, parts. Yeah. Just you can solo a little bit, or it, it also you can you can make it like the actual song with a real guitar solo, or yeah. you, it adds a lot. That's the key <clears> is <throat> for instrumentalists like us. You can solo, and then you're not singing all night. I mean, you can strum chords and sing, but then you know, music has more aspects. And if you're by yourself, unless you're just an expert fingerstyle guitar, but that doesn't always translate to pop music. There's no way to play an instrumental break. Mm -hmm. I've seen people just play an instrumental break without, like, the chords just drop out, and that is always awkward and strange. Oh, yeah, yeah like something like... Uh... Like, they're singing a song and strumming the chords and singing the verse, and then the, the guitar solo comes, and instead of, the, of <laughs> looping those chords, they just start playing... Like, it's what I got. And they're like, they're like hold on. <laughs> silence behind it just no yeah. accompaniment yeah that doesn't work exactly the loop sampler Crickets. fixes that problem yeah so whatever call it a gimmick i don't think it's going away it, it certainly it is going to be an enduring part of of my musicianship what's a gimmick though i you know i mean some guy well i like to pepper my own yeah, uh, originals in there well I don't have a gimmick. You know what I mean? Like that. Or anything you do is, how do you, how do you define a gimmick? Th how do you people define just it? say things to, to fill the space. They don't probably know either. Yeah. You know, what is the gimmick? I, I don't know. I want more gimmicks so more people give me money yeah. and come to see me play. Right. You know, right. It, What's it, your gimmick? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> my gimmick is to try to please the audience and to do my job to the best of my ability so that the bar owner's happy, the patrons are happy, yeah. the staff is happy, yeah. I'm content with my performance, all of that. I mean, if, if there are plenty of gimmicks that make that go smoothly, then I'll admit to them. Hey, man, my yeah. only gimmick really is to pay my mortgage and my car payment. That's, that's, my, <laughs> that's my gimmick. That's my favorite man. gimmicks. That's my gimmick. Yeah. Pay, pay off the house yeah. and pay off the car. Those are, it brings up some, some good stuff we can talk about in the the realm of, of cover bands and in the professional aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Do you have any philosophies of repertoire or right and wrong songs? What is it that you think your duties entail? Well, okay. Well, I mean, that, that's a very broad question and you could say it depends on what you're, what you're doing and what band you're in or who, you know, where you are <clears throat> with, you know, if you're out playing an acoustic gig, I think your I think that your duty is to um, not, be too loud it is to play things that entertain people and, I, and sometimes That's people right. are like well should you play top 40 or should i play originals hey if it's good and people are enjoying it i don't it doesn't matter what it is it could be um uh steve ray vaughn it could be taylor swift I, I don't care what it is as long as people are being entertained by it it so happens that most people are entertained by top 40 i mean that's just mm -hmm. a fact of the matter so in our business we just got to adhere to it for but we've all parts. thrown in that one song that was like a yeah. b-side that people were like whoa i can't believe he did that and if it was good 
It doesn't matter. I, I, I honest to God, I got to tell you, I don't think it matters as much what you do as long as you're killing what you're doing. That's true. And the occasional B-side is totally in balance. But, I mean, for yeah. the most part, you sort of got to lean into the standards and the hits. Sure, absolutely. But even there, I, I find room for artistry. And that was my next question. Do you have a sensation of artistic endeavor when it comes to playing covers? Not always. And I probably should. You know what I mean? Sometimes okay. I stick to it. It feels empty sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes, well, some, the only, yeah, and then, you know, I'll add maybe, like, a lot of guitar solos or something. Or if... Just for my voice, I'll change the key of something. Or um, sometimes I'll take a, a slower song and make it more upbeat. Sometimes I'll make a more upbeat song a little more minory and slow. Little things like that. But no, I don't take too much art. Because at the end of the day, like we just talked about, you want people to know what you're playing. Yeah, but even when you're playing it straight, say you're just playing the most vanilla pop standard and you're playing it straight, don't you even... Sort of take a pride in the presentation there. Yeah, and, and yeah. the fact that you're doing that, the fact that you're doing it, that is the artistry, I think. You know what I mean? You're up there doing it. You're singing it and playing yeah. it. What, what the hell else can you do? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of room to, you know, for, you know, define integrity in playing covers. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the integrity, Brian, could be just whatever you do, do it well. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Just, there it is. I it, mean, don't it, don't it, suck at it. Be on time and be nice to people. There you go. And you're going to get another gig. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the formula. Be on time. <laughs> play appropriate songs. And don't at, suck. And don't suck. Don't suck. There's well, the big one. I'm still working on that. It's, <laughs> it's hard. Sometimes, you know, music, for those that are uninitiated, is pretty difficult. I mean, there's a lot of room for chaos and, and for falling apart and, and embarrassment. Well, health... I mean, you yeah. could be having a bad, you know, you'd be sick. Yeah, you could be, be sick. You could not be, you could be under the weather. You could be having a stomach issue, reflux issue. Right, you could be having any psychological issue. You, you yeah. And you're just upset. not, you're not in it today or what, it happens. It happens. Yeah. And then just the, the raw aspect of performance is unremitting. I mean, there's no room for that. So those things show, I mean, you mm -hmm. might have a bad performance. It's just a part of the game. We've all had the night where you're playing. There's not a lot of people there, maybe, or there are a lot of people there, but they're not paying attention. Oh, yeah, and that's how much And worse. then you get in your own head. And yeah. every song you play, you're like, oh, my God, I'm dying out yeah, here. Or, I, I, and here it goes. <whistles> you go right down the hill. I mean, you know, your brain goes down that road. What we have to remember is even if they're not clapping, many people are still enjoying it. It just isn't the t sort of audience performer interaction that we're used to on a theater stage, say. Mm -hmm. It's a provide a wallpaper service though that's a good service you're not always going to get the clap and sometimes whenever a few people do clap i would i could do without the golf clap there's a maturity there though that you have to have when you're doing that you yeah. know, there's a maturity where you have to say this is not about me it's not about this you. is not about me yeah. i can make it about me all day and right. go home with grind my teeth to nothing just in stress or i could just play it and do as best I yeah, can. Yeah, do the best you can. Make sure the check is spelled correctly in my name and then go home. Yeah. Don't be too loud. Try to play the, the right songs. Do them as best as you can. And there, there's plenty of room for integrity there. So what about the relationship with bar and venue owners? Have you ran into many snafus here? What do you think the number one thing that bar and venue owners could do to improve their relationship is? 
Well, that's a good question. I have to think. In what in what aspect? What do you yeah, mean? When you say the the relationship? Yeah, the negative me, experiences or the positive experiences or, or the, what kind I, of negative experiences do you have that you that you're okay, sure. thinking of? I, I'd be I'd be happy to to uh, I've gone on about this before, but f- say um, making the performers wait around to get paid. If it's uh, if I finish playing, and then at, I'm sitting at the end of the bar staring at your staff. You are misbehaving in a very real way if you're a venue. Yeah, that is yeah. not part of the agreement. There are well, there are, and I'll, I'll agree with you, but I will also disagree in that there are circumstances where maybe someone has to write the check, but then he got caught that up is doing not something else. My or, fault. I don't. I don't really have those experiences very often. Uh, I got to. I don't anymore, you. but they, it certainly happened a lot to, as I've grew <clears> up doing this. I think, and again, and I think you're not seeing them as much anymore because you're playing better places. I think yeah. you're playing more successful places. You're having more successful, more success with the crowds that you're in front of, and I think you know when you're playing a certain local dive bar, and the guy named Ch- Chuck behind the bar has to cut the check, but he's yeah. been out back talking to the girls. Or, uh, you know, there's a lot of situations yeah, that, where that can happen. Chuck talking to the girls is also not in the purview of my responsibility. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, when I'm packing up my gear, you need to be walking up to me and giving me my money. I have fulfilled my service. Mm-hmm. And anything well, other than that, that is, well, then, is rude, in, in my opinion. Well, then maybe you need to have that conversation up yeah. front. And well, that, that it, could set an upfront contract yeah. where you actually say that, where here's what I expect and here's what you expect from me. Yeah. You know? But I've seen this taken to the extreme where it's two in the morning and they're yeah. back there counting the drawer. You know, like, uh, I don't yeah, work yeah. at the bar. <laughs> like, uh, my job was con- contractual. I'm, I came here and did it. So, anyways, there's that. There's the payment issue. Uh, what else is there? There's the. Uh, the brusque is your following going to be here tonight confusion like people are confused about what the role of the cover band performer is which from my point of view is to entertain the people that are at the bar and keep them there happily drinking i had that conversation in the beginning that's that's one of the first things i talk about with someone that i'm going to play for and here here's what will happen you know someone's bar down the street says hey uh we want to get you in here on a thursday night or something okay great Great. Hey, how many people do you think you could bring? Well, maybe none. What, yeah. Is that a problem? What, what the hell's going on on Thursday night? Yeah. Oh, what did wing night not work out? Or what were, are, we, right, are you hoping exactly. that I'll be in here one or two nights and fill the place? You know, so you have that conversation. What did you think? You know, what were your expectations? And I think anytime you're selling yourself or selling something, as long as ex- expectations are reasonable between the two parties, I don't think. But yeah, you're right. I the how, are your lot of your people coming tonight? And, you know, yeah. it's hard. I play five nights a week. I can't get them to come to yeah, every show, exactly. man. You know, so. Your job, I always like to look at it as is that if you're up front saying that, you know what, I might get five, ten people in here, but the people that are here, I'll get them to drink more and I'll get them to stay longer. And uh, I think yeah, if, the- if you're honest about that, and you know what, you don't want to play those other places, right? You don't yeah. want to play the place that, you know, that needs you to be there, if that makes sense. Yeah. I want to play a place where they already have a crowd and they got good food and people want to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? That's what the cover band is for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a different, you know, if you're in an original band, then you can do things like sell tickets, worry about bringing a crowd mm-hmm. and charge at the door. But that that's not the game that we're up to here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did plenty of that for plenty of decades, seemingly. Yeah. I have a really good working relationship with everywhere that I play, honestly. And I think that is in, not just because I set a reasonable expectation in the beginning of what I expect and what they expect so that I know what they want from me. But then while I'm there... 
you know, typically I treat the, the staff really well. I tip very well. Even if I'm not eating or drinking, I still tip. Um, I, I'm always above and beyond if there's going to be any issues with something to let them know that I'm running a couple minutes behind or whatever. So I don't really have, I hear a lot of people talk about negative experiences and I, and I wonder if that's because they're taking some negativity into the experience or if I'm just setting myself up differently. No, I agree with everything you said there. It's good to have some gratitude and be gracious yeah. to the people that are giving you the gig. Yeah. You know, this isn't what I'm talking about here. And uh, for the most part, I, I am grateful for all the bar yeah. and venue owners. It's just uh, here and there, it creeps in that there's this waiting around to get paid yeah. or it's like a day of cancellation or, hey, where's your crowd sort of mm -hmm, pressure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I mean, it, that's what I'm talking about, not, not being gracious to the... Yeah. That's kind of bad management from there. If they're saying, where's your crowd? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of bad management. I, I don't... It doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, it doesn't really happen to me that much either. So uh, can I bring up... Can we go back and kind of bring up one more thing about bar owners and, and, yeah. and folks that are playing somewhere? Because mm -hmm. this, you know, and another thing I think um, we're, we're talking about, you know, the neg negative side of dealing with bar owners. But, you know, I, I do some booking for a place around here in Pittsburgh, downtown. And, and you know, I also see it from the other standpoint of dealing with folks that are trying to get booked or trying to do booking. You know, folks that maybe you're sending you a message and don't even spell the name of the place right or say it right yeah. or, you know what I mean, or like don't know any of that or, hey, are there any openings? Openings for what? You know what I mean? How, how are you selling yourself? You know what I mean? I think that's another portion of, you know, um, the negative experience for booking. Some folks might not have a good process as to how they want to get into somewhere. Yeah, you're right. It goes both ways. It does. The performers have to have to be, you know, friendly, courteous, and kind when it comes to trying to get the show and to at least knowing how to spell the name of the venue and following up appropriately. So I, I see why the bar and venue owners are, are sometimes yeah. yeah, at their wit's end and maybe not as, as polite and kind as I wish they would be. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't, you can never know where someone else's day has been going or what's going on with them. So sometimes if I get somewhere and the tables aren't moved for me or if this isn't where it needs yeah. to be, you know what? I chill out. I go grab a beer and I, I smile and I yeah. say, hey, I'm ready when you are. And I'm still only working until a certain time. I said, no, you know, but you can be cool yeah. about it too. You know what I mean? That yeah, goes for a little sure. bit. Both. And that's how I think you can do a good job of building a good relationship between you and a place that you work. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Right. And I, and I don't like vinegar anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to drink yeah, vinegar. Yeah, you're right. It's good to just, you know, take everything in a Deep sort breath. of courteous way. Deep breath. It's not working out tonight. They're not ready for me just yeah. yet because this game's on or whatever. But you know what? Yeah. Here, where we're also. About to play some tunes. I'm going to have yeah. a beer here, hang out, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Well, it's going to be all right, Billy. So thank you a lot for coming on the podcast. Can Thanks you tell for hanging our, out. Oh, for, for sure. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online or maybe yeah. they can find out where you're playing and when? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm not a Twitter guy, but I have a Facebook page for my acoustic page, and it's just my, my name, Billy, last name Schneider, acoustic. And um, I play every Wednesday night out at um, uh, Cadillac Ranch in Robinson. I'm right now every Thursday down at Redbeard's on 6th uh, downtown and um, every Friday night at Oliver Twist downtown and then um, Saturdays here and there. So, But it's always online and I always tell folks where I'm going to be. Cool, man. Let's just jam out an A. I'm going to play an A chord and never change. Ready? <laughs> Two, three, go. Go. <laughs>